You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Early Edge NFL Divisional Round Mega Preview presented by BetMGM. I am so excited to be back on the air with these guys, Mike McClure and RJ White. And guys, this is a big show as we welcome them in. This is a pretty big show. When you go 6-0 and against the spread, we missed one teaser, and you're on a 10-2 run. There's a lot of pressure on us today. We've got to deliver for the fans out there. And uh, before we get going, guys, what is the one thing that jumped out at you most from Wild Card Weekend? Start with you, Mikey. You know, there are a couple things. Uh, number one, just Houston obviously had an awesome performance. And C.J. Stroud once again proved that he was able to protect the football. We'll see if he's able to do that on the road. Uh, and, and then number number two, really, for me, uh, when you look at the Packers, uh, you know, this team, we I personally is one that speculated that they were definitely better in the dome and the controlled environment, but that they were going to be able to sustain drives. And Jordan Love is really going to benefit from having a guy like Aaron Jones healthy, who we talked about really on this show and across some of the others. Looked like one of the best running backs in the NFL over the last four weeks heading into this. Looked fantastic again against Dallas. So I'm certainly fascinated to see what they can do against a well-rested San Francisco defense. RJ. Yeah, it's got to be the Packers for me. I mean, they look like Jordan Love looks like Aaron Rodgers reincarnate at this point. He's gone nine games and thrown an intercept, one interception in the course of those nine games, multiple touchdowns in eight of those games. And we're not giving him enough credit. I mean, it's it feels weird to call him a top five quarterback in the league, but that's what he has performed like over this last two months, really. Um, so and it's it's he's doing it with a, a reduced, you know, uh, system around him with all these injuries they've dealt with. Now they're fully mostly fully healthy for these playoff games. We saw what that looked like against Dallas, where they're throwing up 48 against a team that typically plays pretty good defense at home. So really excited to see what he can do against the team that everybody's penciling into the Super Bowl here in the 49ers. I'm impressed with how neat you keep your room, RJ. And I'm also impressed with Jordan Love and what he's done the second half of the season. Uh, and the way Aaron Jones is running, uh, that was the missing piece uh, for this Packers offense. I just wonder, though, when when you have those number one seeds that are sitting there and waiting and we don't get to see them and we kind of forget about how dominant they are. And then you see C.J. Stroud and you see Jordan Love put on the show that they did, that recency bias I believe is a factor that's keeping both of those lines under double digits. But let's get right into that first game that we're talking about. And that's the Texans at the Ravens. Bet MGM dealing Baltimore minus nine. Uh, They've been off for three weeks now uh, after not playing anyone against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, You go back to that first matchup, 25 to nine. CJ, CJ Stroud did not get intercepted, but he did take five sacks, including one on fourth and one. He did lose a fumble. For me, I'm leaning Ravens here because 
Kyle Hamilton will be back. He started to practice towards the end of last week. That rest is critical. And I just think, you know, you go from the controlled conditions that he had against the Browns defense that I was wrong about. I thought they would show up on the road. RJ, you were 100% right on that one, that their their road splits. And Mike, you also said it. The road splits were meaningful uh, with that Browns defense. But the Texans took advantage of that. I don't think they can take advantage of a Ravens defense giving up 5.1 yards per attempt. By far the lowest in the NFL. I am leaning Ravens. RJ, what are you doing on this game? Yeah, uh, you you mentioned the 25-9. This was a similar line. It was around nine, nine and a half for that game as well. And it turns out the market was underrating both teams. We didn't know what the Texans were in week one. They came into the season as um, I think the the co-lowest Super Bowl odds of anyone, the co-biggest long shot. And here they are, one of the final eight teams. And even with that, going from that Super Bowl long shot to the divisional round, I could argue the market underrated Baltimore more because it turns out they're historically good. You look at stats like DVOA, they are just dominating and really comparing to some of the best teams we've seen in the last 20 years. Houston's offense, like you said, the success comes through the passing game. Baltimore is first in yards per pass, and they've had some big wins against some elite pass offenses like San Francisco, like Miami, and their defense also top 10 in sack rate and interception rate. So they are capable of making big plays, but also great situationally, including second in the red zone. Houston's defense has not faced an offense that finished higher than 14th in yards per play since that game against Baltimore in week one. This is a massive step up for that unit that has not really been tested since week one and and, and that Baltimore offense is top five in yards per play. So Houston's defense typically great versus the run struggles versus the pass. Baltimore's offense has shown it could do either of those things. I think Baltimore's offense has success in this game. I'm not sure that Houston can keep up against a very good defense. So I'm also leaning to Baltimore covering the number. You know, if you can get it in single digits, I think it's still worth laying for Baltimore. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that affects perception is how the Ravens came out when they were the one seed that year when Derrick Henry kind of punched them in the mouth and, and they got the, the lead and they jumped on him. I don't think the Texans have that kind of offense to do that to Baltimore. Mike, where are you going on this game? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, you know, I think I posed this question on HQ last night, and I, I want to ask you guys as well because – I firmly believe that if the Texans had just beaten the Browns by a normal outcome, and what I mean by that, say they win the game by one, two, three, four, up to seven points. If that were the outcome and it was a final drive or they made a stand to win the game like that, I think the number that we would see here would be 10 and a half. And that may be where it closes, frankly, uh, but that's where I make the number. I made it all the way up to 10 and a half for the Ravens. It's always the rust versus rest uh, question when you get to this point. But I think giving that Ravens defense a home game uh, is significant. And then the other thing I want to talk about with C.J. Stroud, we talk about home road splits. Uh, he hasn't really played a ton recently outdoors in a uh, in a road environment. Uh, you look at their, their last, what, one, two, three, four games they played at home or on one on the road against the Colts in another dome in a controlled environment. Didn't play the Titans game where Case Keenum led them to a three-point overtime win. He played against the Jets outside. They scored just six points. Since November 1st, he's played just two games outdoors. Uh, I, it's, I think it's somewhat concerning when you're talking about a rookie quarterback against an elite defense here. So if there were, was a time for him to not be able to take care of the football for this offense to struggle, which I think they're going to have no chance running the football here. Uh, I think this is all Ravens all the way. And again, I think, uh, a normal win over Cleveland, this thing's 10 and a half. You know, Cleve T.A., one of the many guys I follow on Twitter, pointed out that teams coming off the big upset win like the Texans, like the Bucks, like the Packers, 15-22 and 22 against the number 
in the next round and three and six against the number when they won those games uh, by 14 plus, uh, which all of them did. Uh, what about the total here? 44, RJ. Yeah, total's interesting. We're going to have to track how this weather's going to look in Baltimore. I kind of see think that it could come under the 44. I think it has come down a few a few points um, since it opened. Just under the premise that the Texans are probably going to struggle in this environment outdoors, like Mikey was talking about, and the Ravens, with their very strong running game, will be able to ice down the, the clock in the second half. Probably not going to look to put up 40 points in this game by any means. Just get out the door with a win and, and keep everybody healthy moving on to the AFC Championship game. So I can understand why this is trending down. Um, I'm interested to hear where Mikey thinks it should settle. Um, I'm probably still leaning under at this number. If it gets any lower than that, though, it's probably just a stay away. Mike, what's, what's your view on the total? Yeah, so I've got it at 44.4. So basically 44 and a half is where I think it should be. Uh, and, and the reason for that, I'm heavy on the Ravens side uh, as well. Again, make the number up over 10 for the Ravens. Um, so what I worry about, if you're looking at the total here and you want to go under, grab it now. Do not let it get to 43. Uh, there are a number of scenarios. One that I think we could see is a 30 to 13 victory from the Ravens that would, you know, you're sitting at a push condition at that point. Uh, but my worry is here kind of like Buffalo. They're basically, you're talking Ravens performance where they end up with four touchdowns. Uh, and if they do score the four touchdowns here, it's likely a scenario that you're going over this total that's been bet down. So I agreed with the market move out from 46 down 44. Again, 41 and 44 being pretty key numbers here in the league. Um, if you want to play under, I would say this is your last chance. I would not go under 43, which I think this game ultimately closes at 10 and 43. Uh, looking like rain in the forecast. The wind not looking too bad right now, 8 to 10 miles per hour. RJ, is this a game you would be looking to tease, especially if you can find an 8.5? Yeah, at eight and a half, it's a great teaser number. I just don't know what else exists that I'd be willing to tease it with. I know there's a big, you know, blinking sign on um, minus two and a half, and 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 Mikey would love teasing the Chiefs up at that number. But you know, the way the Chiefs have played, we'll get into that game. I, that game could go either way for me. Chiefs could win by twenty, lose by twenty. Nothing would really surprise me in that game. Mm -hmm. Mikey. Yeah, I mean, I would consider teasing it at eight and a half. I think that's a, re a big reason why you're not going to find a ton of eight and a halfs uh, left floating out there. I'm going to quickly check. Yeah, it's mostly been dried up. I think, like I said, I think if anything, this thing's headed to 10 uh, at this point. So you're probably not going to get the opportunity to. But if you do find eight and a halfs, if we do get some buying back on the Texan side, I, I personally would pair it with Kansas City plus eight and a half. Um, if you want to play Lions money line as well, I think that's okay. I think the eight and a half on the Kansas City side is a little stronger than what would ultimately be Lions minus a half a point. Yeah, that's one of my wishful thinking lines because we are seeing nine, nine and a half. It's, it's trending up, not down. We didn't have any official plays on that one. We have a ton of official plays on the three remaining games. But first... I want to ask you, where are you going to make the bets that you're going to have for Divisional Weekend? New BetMGM customers, if you sign up today, you get $158 in bonus bets. You place your first wager of at least $5. You get $158 instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. You have to use bonus code EDGE158. That is EDGE158. We are back with six official plays on the remaining game, six or seven. Uh, at, but we first, we got to hear from one of our sponsors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This next one is going to be fascinating. The Packers at the 49ers. And, you know, I just don't see the Packers offense having being slowed down. I think the Packers are going to give up a ton of points. The, the way that I would attack this game, guys, is from the is the Packers team total over. That's the play that I like best so far, but I haven't locked in anything. Mike, I know you have locked in on this already. What do you got? Yeah, I'm on the Packers side here, Larry. I liked it a lot at 10. I'll still play it at nine and a half. Uh, I still think there's enough room left on it. I made this number down to seven. Uh, I think Green Bay's been a little underrated. As far as San Francisco, I think there's a little doubt that they're the best team uh, in the NFL, certainly in the NFC, uh, and should be north, you know, seven plus favorite in this game. Uh, I just think that Green Bay is going to have some success, like you mentioned, offensively. So I like that look on the team total. Uh, if you're looking at the Packers here when they're healthy, What's kind of fascinating is that route that they put on uh, the Dallas Cowboys there. Arguably two of their better receivers, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson. Now, keep in mind, Watson was returning from injury, but he did play a significant number of snaps there. They combined for one reception and nine yards in that game. Uh, it was a lot of Aaron Jones, a lot of Dobbs. Um, tight ends were involved. It looked a lot like some of the earlier days for Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying Jordan Love is there yet. But I think he's got that kind of upside, and I think he's certainly playing with a lot of confidence right now. He's got a number of playmakers out there, and the one thing that I think that they can do is they can sustain drives long enough to eat up five, six minutes at a time, which is what we know San Francisco is likely going to do as well. So I think that by that, just the game getting shortened, I think the back door is going to be open at the very least here. I expect them to be competitive. Again, I made the number in this one seven, so I'll take the Packers plus nine and a half. Or 10. Uh, I think if you want to wait it out, you can wait it out and hope for 10s again. I do not see it dipping below nine, no matter how much action comes in on the Packers side. Um, so play it nine and a half, wait it out for the 10 if you want. Again, I don't think you're at risk going to eight and a half. Mikey, uh, Jinx the Mouse can get Chiefs uh, plus nine, Ravens minus two at 130, minus 130. Are you going to play that? Um, Would you recommend that? I don't. I don't hate it at minus 130. I would typically expect that price point to be closer to minus 140, uh, getting those numbers. So, yeah, I don't mind it if you're truly getting the minus 130 on it. I think it's 
pretty close to fair value. And if we're talking about pairing those teams uh, without being able to tease them traditionally, Mike M can get Chiefs plus nine, Ravens minus seven at plus 119. RJ, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, I, I don't love the chief side of it. Like I've said, I could, I could go any way for me. Um, and, and Mike, Mike's way better at the math with these type of random numbers than I am. So he'd be the best one to say, but I wouldn't play that at, at, at that number. Mike also no. Yeah, no, not at that number. Not when you're laying the minus seven on a, uh, again, depending on, yeah, you're not, not with the laying the minus seven on the Raven side where you essentially lose if it's a push or, or dropping that leg out. I would not play that Okay, and now, RJ, Mike is on the side. You have a prop in this one. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm taking Aaron Jones to go over 95 and a half rush and receiving yards. The combo line is at minus 115. And he's just been dominant on the ground. He's had four straight games of over 100 yards uh, rushing uh, with 20-plus carries in each of those games. Hasn't really had to work much as a receiver because they have dominated those games. But in a situation where they do fall behind, he is going to be used as a receiver. He, he's had several games this year where he's getting six, seven targets, four or five receptions, and into that you know 30 to 50 receiving yard um, bucket there. So it, we're, we're kind of uh, protecting ourselves. Uh, if the Packers do get blown out, we might not hit that rush number, but I think that receiving number is going to save us. He's going to get over a hundred combined yards either way here. So that's why I like playing them over. And I love what Mikey said about the number there with the, he, he would, he would make it plus seven because I had it at seven and a half and I thought I was crazy. I thought, you know, that they were just seven and a half at the Cowboys ended up seven and uh, the 49ers are obviously better than the Cowboys. So no, nobody would take the Packers if it was seven, seven and a half, but I'm glad that we're kind of on the same page there. This is a number I think that's going to be on the rise, uh, like Aaron Jones props were last week. And A.J. Dillon, if he comes back, does that matter at all at this point with the way Aaron Jones is playing? No, I don't think you can you can feature him at all, really, over Aaron Jones with what he's doing. Like Mike said, he's looked like one of the top four or five running backs in the league right now. He's fresh. He hasn't played a ton early in the season due to some injuries, and it's really showing. And if they're going to go further than this game, and they're already further than where, where people expected them, uh, he's going to have a lot to do with it. And Jordan Love is playing awesome. He's playing like Aaron Rodgers right now. But uh, Aaron Jones is really helping that offense go and taking the pressure off him. And because Jordan Love is playing solo, you can't load up the box against Aaron Jones and focus too much on him because Jordan Love can go five, six, seven other different ways. And he's shown the ability to do that with different receivers. Mikey. Yeah, I think I, RJ's spot on there. The only thing that I would not invest heavily on with Aaron Jones is touchdown scoring props, uh, just because that is where A.J. Dillon would factor in. Um, and I don't think we've seen the end of Jordan Love uh, creating near the goal line. He looked fantastic in situations like that. Having guys like Watson, Jaden Reed, who, again, did literally nothing against Dallas, when they're healthy with everyone there, and potentially having him, I would not invest in Aaron Jones in Aaron Jones. Uh, TD props, but I do love the combo yardage. Excuse me, guys. I was just checking Jair Alexander news. Uh, unclear if he'll be ready to go, which would be a big blow uh, for the Packers. But before we move on from this game, uh, Kittle over 51 and a half receiving yards from Brandon Silva in the chat. We saw Jake Ferguson have a pretty good game. Mikey, uh, thoughts on that? And then thoughts on the total 50 and a half in Packers 49ers. Yeah, it's a scary click, but I'm leaning under only because uh, I think San Francisco wants to shorten the game in a sense, and I think Green Bay is going to have success sustaining drives. As far as George Kittle, 
Uh, I'm certainly not playing the under on it. My preferred way to play George Kittle in these kind of games is going to be through his longest reception prop. I think he does have one big play in him, uh, you know, kind of down the seam. I think that's where he's going to mostly be involved. Uh, I think the scenario where I would just want to play a ton of Kittle would be the scenario where you think they could be live to lose the game or at least be extremely, extremely competitive throughout. So I would look more at his longest reception personally. And Packers insider Max S. in the chat says Jair is most likely playing. So uh, that is good news for the Packers, but we will wait to hear the official updates. RJ, where do you stand on this total, 50 and a half? Yeah, gut tells me it's going to go over um, just because of how the Packers offense is playing and we know what San Francisco can do. I mean, uh, we talk, Katie Mox talks about it on the Pick 6 show, show every Thursday. It's like that's her autoplay is, is 49ers team total over. Um, so these two offenses are just playing very well. Um, 11 to 12, San Francisco's 12 wins have been by double digits, and the other just missed by that meaningless last-second field goal in the first Rams game. But many of them look kind of less impressive in retrospect. I mean, we're talking about the best teams they've beaten. Our teams like the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, twice, and guess what? None of those teams are playing this weekend. So, you know, I'm not con- I have them rated even with Baltimore just because of, you know, their, their body of work on the season and how strong they look against a lot of these teams. But, you know, that might be a little bit of a, a fallacy. They may not be in that tier. Baltimore obviously showed head-to-head they're much better. So um, it'll be interesting to see if this defense crumbles a little bit against an offense playing very well. So uh, I definitely wouldn't play the under. Um, if anything, I know you talked about the Packers team total over. I'd look at one of these team total overs. Could be either one of them, um, whichever I'm getting the better number for. I saw you locked in Green Bay plus 10 on Sportsline. Uh, maybe it was yesterday. Uh, would you still play it under 10? Yeah, like I, like I was talking about earlier with Mikey, I, I have it at seven and a half. And part of that is making a big ratings adjustment upward for Green Bay. I like Dallas last week once they got to seven because I thought the line should be seven and a half, eight, a little higher than that. And, and I thought that they would crumble in that, that matchup on the road against the Cowboys. And they obviously did not. They're playing better than just about any offense right now up, up on that tier with all the, the, the best offenses in the league. So um, at nine and a half, I think it's still fine. I, I would probably play it down to eight and a half, maybe even eight, even though it's not going to get there. And I just think it's interesting because the 49ers, their weakness defensively when they have been weak has been on the ground. uh, And that's what the Cowboys uh, had the same scenario. So in some sense, it is a good matchup for the Packers offense uh, to at least get Aaron Jones going. Mikey, did you want to jump in? Uh, No, I, I, yeah, no, I am not. I have a lean on the under and the total, but again, like I said, very uncomfortable click. I do think that, uh, like you're mentioning, though, I think that the Packers will have some success on the ground, and I think that they'll have some interest in uh, working as much clock as they possibly can, trying to keep it a one-score game. And again, we're recording this on Tuesday. You've got to check the latest weather reports uh, before you lock in any bets on a total. Uh, guys, we had two official plays on that one. We're going to the Sunday slate now, and we're going to talk about Buccaneers and Lions, and we've got a strong difference of opinion on this one. I'm going to go first. I'm on the Buccaneers, and it's not because of what they did to the Eagles last night who didn't show up because now they're going to face – a Lions team, the secondary is not good, but they will hit you. They will get near you. Where we saw receivers last night running wide open, uh, guys not even trying to tackle them, and the tackling attempts were such a joke by the Eagles. The, not, the Lions will hit you hard. 
You know, some will say, uh, uh, re- re- referring to their safeties, that they'll hit you dirty too. Uh, but they're definitely a tough team, and they're not going to let the Bucks uh, just waltz into the end zone. But this Buccaneers team, the defense to me is what stands out. One touchdown allowed over the last 10 quarters. The run defense allowing about three and a half yards per carry over the last month. You have Todd Bowles and his blitzing. Uh, He blitzed a lot last night, and we know Jared Goff is susceptible to the blitz. And you know that the Lions will want to run the ball. That's their M.O., but this Buccaneers front with Vita Vea, and everybody healthy, to me, is a defense that can give the Lions enough trouble. Baker's covered four straight as a dog, seven of eight as a dog. And the Lions secondary, the number one most explosives allowed this season. We saw the Rams average 7.7 yards per play against them, which is an obscene amount. And we've seen the last four quarterbacks Nick Mullins twice, 396 and 411. Dak threw for 345. Stafford threw for 367. Um, I think Baker Mayfield, not in, in, well, he's better than Nick Mullins, but he can have success with those weapons against a very vulnerable Lions secondary. We can cover this game 27 uh, 24-20. 24-20. I like the Bucks to be competitive. RJ, have I convinced you? Absolutely not. Like, I, I just think the Lions are clearly in a better tier than the Buccaneers right now. Get, you, you know, you said you're not basing it on last week. Last week doesn't matter. That team that they played should not have been in the playoffs at that point. Uh, you look back to the first game. They won the first game 20-6 to on the road in Tampa without Jameer Gibbs. And they had a much tougher test last week and survived. I mean, that was the emotional game of all emotional games. First home playoff game in three decades, having to face Matthew Stafford, the longtime franchise quarterback, in a spot where everybody was picking the Rams. And they went out. They got it done. They got the win. And Tampa it just is not anywhere near the same class as Detroit for me. Their offense is 30th in red zone success rate. Did not matter against a Philadelphia defense like that you said had no interest in tackling anyone. Detroit can give up big plays too, but they can also hit you. And, and as you were talking about and make you think twice about going over the middle on some of those plays where it was just wide open for them against the Eagles. Um, the Detroit defense does struggle against the pass, but this is going to be easier matchup for them this week after facing Stafford. And unlike in that game, they have no need to worry about Tampa running the ball, the worst running team in the league. Um, and I know Rashad White has done well in fantasy just not a not a threat to anybody running the ball in tampa so detroit can really play to take away the pass and baker mayfield as good as he's been this is a very tough environment on the road against a very good team and this this is the type of game where it's not if it's not all going well for him and and things aren't falling the way they should be like they did against philly it could be a little bit of a blowout here detroit's offense top five in yards per rush but also yards per pass so they can focus on the ladder if the stout tampa bay rush defense shows up um so my only worry here is about detroit with that defense giving up a backdoor cover but i just can't fade them at home as the much better team here um laying only six you could still find six in the market go ahead and do that i think the line should be seven and a half yeah, and just to be uh, frank, I took six and a half, and and I would love to get seven if it got to seven later in the week, and RJ locked his bet in at six. So they are different bets. Personally, 27-21, RJ doesn't lose anything. I cash. Mike, settle the dispute. At six and a half, I have the slightest of leans to the Tampa side. I make the number six, but getting the hook on the six and a half is relatively important in that dome and the controlled environment. I think that the back door can be open for Tampa there. I definitely think Detroit wins this game, though. Uh, When I look at these two teams, uh, you know, Detroit, they definitely survived the emotional spot. They probably shouldn't have beat the Rams 
Rams were awful in the red zone. Uh, some of it Detroit's doing, some of it's not. McVay called a, a very poor game in some of his game management decisions. Uh, but the thing that I keep going back to, you mentioned it, 7.7 yards per play, 9.4 yards per pass. I think that Tampa's going to be able to move the ball between the 20s. I don't know how successful they will be because of the way they run their offense in the red zone either. So I, I'm out on this game. I'm not playing anything here. The number that I make it is six. My total is 46.8, so basically 47. Uh, be a slight, slight under lean on the uh, the 48 and a half. But as far as settling it here, uh, pick your favorite guy because you can find a six in the market right now. You can find that six and a half minus 110 over at BetMGM right now. So you can pretty much find whichever side of this you want to be on. Um, I make it six, so I'm out and I'm going to enjoy the game. Maybe look for in-game opportunities, play some DFS, but I will not have a bet on this game. Most Stern in the chat asking about Baker Mayfield over 241. I love it as long as he can stay healthy uh, and avoid Aiden Hutchinson more than a couple of times. I do think this is going to come down to how many big mistakes he makes. I'm, I think we can survive one, you know, one interception, one sack fumble. But if there's two or three, then it could get to the blowout scenario that RJ's talking about. Yes, it was 20 to six in week six. The Lions came in and dominated. They didn't have Jameer Gibbs. David Montgomery left early with a knee injury. I just think right now you're seeing a totally different Buccaneers defense. Uh, this defense, to me, is going to be uh, a problem for the Lions. I don't think it's going to be as easy it was as it was in the first half against the Rams when they just did whatever they wanted. Guys, any strong opinions on the total before I get to my prop? Um, I don't know about the total, but I was just clicking around as Mikey was talking about uh, strength between the 20s, and you can get – Chase McLaughlin to go over one and a half field goals at plus 100. I mean, it just seems like a tailor-made game where he's going to get multiple field goals and, and Detroit get some stops in the red zone. So um, that's what I would play. I just think that's great value. I, I think if people sniff that out, um, you know, by the time we get to game time, you're going to have a heavy minus number on that over one and a half. Yeah, especially because of the way they play. And, and being fairly conservative uh, with a defensive-minded coach, I like that play a lot. My prop in this game, Kate Otten, I bet it this morning at 25 and a half. By the time I went to enter it on Sportsline, Caesars was up to 30 and a half. So I entered it there, and, and we're seeing 27 and a half to 31 and a half in the market. 11 targets, most on the team last night against the Eagles. Eight catches for 89, and he had a drop. He should have had more. Um, the Lions are a little bit better than the Eagles against tight ends, but tight ends have been going off against the Lions uh, twice in the last four weeks. They've given up over 100 yards to the tight end position, uh, both against the Vikings, but it wasn't, uh, it was a collection of people, and Kate Otten has no competition for catches. There was one other tight end last night that got a catch, but generally, whenever he's out there, he doesn't block, he runs a route. I mean, he's routinely running. 30-plus routes per game. I just love this spot, especially if he's under pressure from Aiden Hutchinson. Baker Mayfield's going to be looking to get rid of it quick, and the big guy over the middle is Kate Otten. Do you guys have any thoughts on props in this game that you like early? I know you haven't locked any in. Uh, Mikey, is there anything you're looking at so far prop-wise? Yeah, I want to focus on uh, Jameer Gibbs a little bit. Uh, to me, this projects as a decent spot for him. It would be a combo line that I'd be most interested in. 
Uh, but I do think that the Bucks are going to blitz a ton, uh, just like they did against Jalen Hurts. I think they're going to do it a ton to Jared Goff. I do think Detroit's going to be a little better set up to deal with it. Uh, I think the obvious look is to Amandre St. Brown around the line of scrimmage. I think everyone knows that. Uh, but Gibbs, if you watch them play and you watch when they're in competitive games, you can clearly see the elite athletic talent that he is when he gets the football in his hands. I think he's going to have a big day in the receiving game, but I would still take the combo line because I love and respect his upside on the ground. I think he can have a 30-yard rush that would really, really help. So if I were to play it, it would be the combo line, but I think it is a big day for Jameer Gibbs. RJ, any, any props that jump out at you? Oh, I gave the kicking one. Uh, the other one would be Rashad White's under on his rushing. Just seems to be a game where Tampa Bay, not an effective rushing team anyway, but they'll get behind at some point and have to abandon the run. And I don't think he's going to get to his number before that point. Um, so unless they surprise everyone and they're they're playing from ahead in this game and he's getting 18 to 20 carries, I'm not confident he's getting to his number. So um, love the kicking one I gave for Tampa and definitely love Rashad White going under. We'll see which direction that moves. If it starts to tip under, then get it early in the week because I think people are going to jump all over that. And uh, Demon Slayer asking about Sam Laporta. RJ, any thoughts on his numbers so far? He was out there. Uh, he played the whole game, made a, a big catch or two, uh, but not the normal numbers we're used to. Yeah, very surprising he was out there considering how grave that injury looked when it happened. My my worry with him is the risk of re-injury. He made it through that game fine. All it's going to take is, you know, planting your foot wrong at one point, taking a bad hit, and then all of a sudden you're playing overs on a guy that plays, you know, 20 to 30% of the snaps, uh, you know, much less than you had. So if you're going to play, you're going to play the under, um, but I'm not super confident in that because it should be a good matchup for him too. And Joe in the chat is saying you can get my Kate Outen prop at 27 and a half, which I appreciate, Joe. And I will see you in Vegas. I'm hoping you're going to hook me up at the Fountain Blue. Uh, he's, Joe is an executive at the Fountain Blue in Las Vegas. Last time I checked. Guys, we have to get to the game of the weekend, Bills and Chiefs. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sunday night, Chiefs at Bills. What a way to close the weekend. This is going to be a classic. I, I think... Yeah, RJ said you can see it being a blowout either way, that there's a lot of high variance in this game. I see it being another Chiefs-Bills classic. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 8-1-1 one one against the number in the 10 times that he's been an underdog. He's never had a playoff game on the road, which is kind of uh, incredible. Uh, Mike, you got an official play. Let's hear it. Kansas City plus 2.5 here for me, Larry. Uh, I think the game should be a pick em overall. Look, Buffalo's defense has been good at times, especially if you look at overall defensive EPA. I think they are incredibly beat up uh, in this particular matchup. I also like the rest advantage that you have for Kansas City. It's the combination of Buffalo being beat up 
and the big rest advantage. They played Saturday. Buffalo played Monday. Uh, it is a home game for Buffalo, but it is a shorter turnaround with a long week on the Kansas City side. Uh, and not not only a long week on the Kansas City side, but they've known who they were very, very, very likely to play. It's a familiar matchup, but they've been preparing for this matchup. Uh, one that I, I think is super familiar. So I think Kansas City, while we've had them around fifth in terms of total defense, I think that they are the third best defense in the NFL, maybe the second. Uh, by far the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had to work with in his career. You continue to watch the guy. He's absolutely incredible with the football in his hands. I think when he plays a guy like Josh Allen, who is mobile and runs, it only leads to Patrick Mahomes running the football more. I think that that's a good thing in this offense. I think it will help spring Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice a little bit more. So I, I think that uh, Kansas City is going to have success. I, I think that Pacheco runs hard enough as well that this game ultimately to me comes down to, you know, are we settling for three points or seven? Uh, because both of these teams are going to be able to sustain drives uh, and chew clocks. So you, you can't make the turnover, make the mistake. Josh Allen's been a little more prone to doing that. Um, I am terrified of him running all over the Kansas City defense, but I make the game a pick em. I think it's going to be an instant classic. And I think Patrick Mahomes is just simply undervalued still, uh, especially in the underdog role. And before we get to RJ's take on his hometown Bills and, um, you know, the Chiefs offense somewhat woke up over 400 yards against Miami. So maybe they're starting uh, to snap out of it. But I got to read some of these Bills defensive injuries and I don't want to make RJ feel bad. But when you talk about cornerback Christian Benford, linebacker Balen Spector, uh, you got the punter hurt, uh, Sam Martin, um, Terrell, Terrell Bernard, uh, Dodson was already out. Uh, Connor McGovern, he was in and out, so he's back. Taron Johnson, uh, you also have Rasul Douglas, did not play, uh, but is supposed to be back. So, RJ, with that, with that decimated defense, excuse me, how do you feel about your Bills? Well, we're not going to have Braylon Specter, so I mean, I got to change my complete cap on this game. And <laughs> if the punter not in this game, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Um, no, he, Mikey says something very interesting about field goals versus touchdowns. And the team that's been settling for a lot of field goals lately has been Kansas City. They are struggling to finish drives offensively. Ten field goals made in their last two competitive games. Harrison Bucker just marching out there to kick 26-yard field goals, 28-yard field goals over and over. Buffalo's defense is banged up. They have played well since the bye, and they've been dealing with injuries all year. Um, so these injuries at linebacker, yeah, that hurts them. Mike, yeah, one of those guys back. Uh, I believe um, one of those two, Dodson or Bernard, were questionable heading into the game, uh, just like Douglas. So hopefully they'll be able to get him back. Um so we'll see if Kelsey can take advantage of that, although it really looks like Rice has taken over as the number one option. Kelsey just doesn't look as reliable as he has in the past. Um, so we'll see if, if Douglas is back to help defend Rice and if Dodson can also return after also missing his questionable last week. Uh, the game may hinge on Kansas City's defense, which is very good, slowing down the Buffalo's offense, which is also very good. Both are fifth in yards per play, but Kansas City is 24th in yards per rush. And we've seen this Buffalo offense really focus on running the ball lately, getting James Cook more involved early 
in the game. Now we're in playoff mode. We know Josh Allen's going to run around with his legs in this situation and really take advantage of the weakness of Kansas City there. Kansas City's defense also just 28th in interception rate. Josh Allen coming off a game without mental mistakes, the first one probably since I started watching it when he was drafted by the Bills. We'll see if he can have two in a row. It's probably not likely, but that was really encouraging and a step forward where he wasn't forcing the ball in situations where he didn't need to. With Buffalo's offense and Kansas City's defense both being first in sack rate, I think whichever side wins the battle there could win a close game. If Chiefs are able to get pressure, get to Allen, set up some big third downs, take away the run game for, from Buffalo, then they're probably going to go and win this game. But if Buffalo's offense is able to uh, to block, and that, that offensive line, particularly the tackles, have been playing well, um, Buffalo will be able to execute in the run game, score some touchdowns while Kansas City's kicking field goals, and win the game. So I would give Buffalo two and a half for home field advantage. So the market right now is telling us these teams are even. Mikey obviously believes the Chiefs are much better to make it a pick them. I think the Bills are a little bit better. So I think the value here is going to be on the Bills. I think this should be on the other side of three. And Josh Allen didn't make any mistakes uh, last game, but that was against the Steelers defense that didn't have TJ Watt and the game situation put zero pressure on him. So he was able to do that. And, and the play calling, you know, giving James Cook the rock uh, was very smart. This definitely will be more high leverage, more pressure, and we'll see if he can avoid those turnovers that have killed the Bills in the past. Uh, Mikey, what are you thinking about this total of 46? Yeah, it's fascinating. You mentioned the range of outcomes of this game. Uh, you know, I've got the number 46.3, so right at 46. Um, if I had to play something, I would lean under, uh, believe it or not, still. And the reason for that, while the defenses aren't good, the offenses are extremely good still. And you've got two quarterbacks that are mobile and know how to take advantage of that and can sustain drives and pick up first downs. That clock is going to be moving the entire game here. This, to me, reminds me of one of those games where why I talked about field goals versus touchdowns, and then that it may only take one interception on either side to settle the difference in this game. I think the drives, like the number of drives overall, are going to be extremely limited in this game. It reminds me of a Packers-Chiefs game that we saw earlier this year, which is where I think Jordan Love, when he beat Patrick Mahomes doing what Patrick Mahomes does, really turned the corner for him this season. That's what I think this game's going to be. I think it's going to be one where each team may only touch the football once in the first quarter. It might be 7-7 at the end of the first quarter or 7-3, but I think that we're looking at long, sustained drives with the clock moving uh, a lot here. I think the name of the game for really both of these teams and both of these quarterbacks and why they, they've been so good is – just get to the fourth quarter in a one-score game. Give yourself a shot to win, and I think that's what we see here. I think that we don't necessarily see big chunk plays out of either offense, especially if Gabe Davis is going to be out again for Buffalo. Uh, we know Kansas City is very unlikely to hit the deep ball because even if they try, Marquez Valdez-Scantling would probably drop the wide-open touchdown pass. Uh, so I think it's going to be moving the football down the field. I'll lean under. The computer's right on the number. If I had to play it, though, it would be under. RJ, any thoughts on the total or any specific player props uh, that jump out at you? Yeah, I'd also be looking to the under. It feels like a game. We saw that first meeting was 20 to 17. Uh, feels like it could be a similar game here in, in, in that situation. Um, you could also look at the team total unders. I'd be a little more confident playing the Chiefs with how many field goals they're kicking. But I think the Bills number right now is probably like 24 and a half. And uh, so if you if you like Kansas City to cover this at all and win the game, I think under 24 and a half is a smash spot for the Bills. And how about any individual players you have your eye on? Uh, Khalil Shakir has been a favorite. Uh, James Cook has been a favorite cashing for people last game. Uh, what do you think? Um, if I'm going to play anyone, it's probably Dalton Kincaid's over. I mean, he's really 
uh, emerged as like the key guy, you know, even more than Diggs. It seemed like every time they needed a big play in that Pittsburgh game, which wasn't that often because they were ahead by a decent amount toward the end there. But it seemed like he was the one catching the big downfield plays. So um, I, I think they can use Diggs a little bit more of a decoy, knowing that the great Kansas City cornerbacks that they have are going to shut him down and try to run the pass offense through Kincaid a little bit and uh, get his number up. It probably shouldn't be anywhere near a Travis Kelsey number, just knowing his history. But he might look a little bit like Travis Kelsey in this game by the time we get to the end. That's a good look because of how strong the Chiefs are outside. Mike, what about you? Any props that are, that you're looking at right now? Uh, I mean, always looking at Patrick Mahomes rushing whenever you get to a situation like this. Uh, always speculate that he wants to run a little more when the guy on the other side is doing it, seeing Josh Allen. But he, he frankly has to sometimes with the weapons he's got out there. So uh, I love when he gets to this point in the season and he's healthy because he can take off and run. Uh, look at the rushing yards. Look at the attempts. It really comes down to, do you think the Chiefs have a legitimate shot of winning this game? If you do, I think you have to love the over four and a half rushing attempts for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, whoever wins this game is extremely likely to at least get the one meal down, maybe two or three. Um, yeah, I, I would be stunned win or lose if Patrick Mahomes has less than five rushing attempts in this game. Wow, that was a painful memory you just brought up, a fresh memory of Josh Allen not getting a kneel down yesterday, finishing with eight attempts. Uh, but I know it wasn't an intentional reference from you, Mikey. Okay, guys, let's get to the best bets recap. RJ, I'm going to start with you. Uh, round up your top two plays for Divisional Weekend. Yeah, I have the Lions minus six. I think that line should be seven or maybe even a, a little bit higher. I just think they're in a different weight class than the Buccaneers, who, who had a really easy opponent last week. And the Lions battle-tested uh, all season. This is going to be the toughest uh, team that that the uh, the Buccaneers have faced in a while. And then Aaron Jones going over 95.5 rush plus receiving yards, like the combo number here instead of his rush total, because we get the situation where if if the Packers are down big, he's going to be a big factor in the receiving game. Well, I think he gets to 100 yards rushing and receiving one way or another. I like your Aaron Jones play a lot. I'm opposite you with the Buccaneers. I believe in that defense that's given up one TD in the last 10 quarters, and I believe Todd Bowles' blitzing can give Jared Goff some issues, and they can get the back door. Baker Mayfield, seven of the last eight times he's been a dog, he has covered the spread. And Kate Otten, his favorite target in the wildcard weekend win over the Eagles, 11 targets, him getting 31 receiving yards, seems very doable against a Lions team that is not that is basically average against a opposing tight ends. Mikey, what about you? Yeah, well, I love the Packers once again. Unfortunately, we did miss it at 10 here. Still like it at nine and a half. Uh, as I was talking about, if you watch the full show, though, I'm okay with you waiting just to see if there's any buying back. I don't mind the nine versus nine and a half. I think there's very little chance it moves to eight and a half, but there certainly could be a shot that we see it move back to 10. So if you're comfortable waiting it out, I'm fine with that. Uh, and then the Kansas City Chiefs side. I, I like this spot uh, for the Chiefs. I think that Buffalo is dealing with a number of injuries, uh, most notably on the defensive side of the ball. This is where Patrick Mahomes typically uses his legs, is able to sustain drives. I think the offense turned a corner just a little bit, and I cannot overstate how good the Chiefs defense is right now. By far the best defense Patrick Mahomes has had to work with in his career. It is by far the worst offense that they've been so far. I will trust him to be able to figure that out in a one game win or go home situation. Uh, and if you want to lean over on his rushing, I like the over 25 and a half rushing yards, the over four and a half rushing attempts. Uh, the last time these two met in the playoffs, I believe he had seven rushing attempts, uh, around 70 rushing yards. Um, I think it's a good look on Mahomes. 
Last thing for RJ, and we got a question from Moshe in the chat, who I believe is his wife is about to have a baby, but he needs to know before they go into labor, Dalton Kincaid over 38 and a half or not, RJ? Yeah, I take him over 38 and a half. I, I, and you look at his game log. I mean, he's got, I believe, even before this last uh, week where he led the Bills in receiving, he, I think, had two 80-yard games. So, I mean, he, he's just emerging in this offense. And um, he, he's starting to look like on the scoreboard, at least, I mean, in the statute, at least Travis Kelsey a little bit. So um, I think these numbers are going to be too low and they need to catch up to him. He should be one of those tight ends that get into the 50s, really. Guys, thank you so much. We are going to be back all week long uh, with more coverage of these four games starting 10 a.m. tomorrow for the early edge. And then, of course, throughout the weekend, an hour before kickoff going game by game, prop by prop. So keep it here on this channel. Thanks for joining us and good luck this week. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.